Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. There is an episode in the Gospel of Matthew where some of the scribes muttered to themselves of Jesus' blasphemy for forgiving the sins of a paralytic. To them, Jesus asks a very good question. Why do you think evil in your hearts? Why do you think evil in your hearts? To covet is to think evil in your heart. I want what my neighbor has. It's uncertain whether those scribes wanted the forgiveness given to the paralytic, but what they did think is that the forgiveness that Jesus gave wasn't his gift to give. To be a bad neighbor is when you cannot accept that God grants forgiveness to those who repent. When repentance and forgiveness are rejected, the only thing that could ever be left is evil in your heart. Scribes of their caliber surround us, wanting what others have, even if they don't want it for themselves. As Christians, we cannot look at our neighbor this way. We must repent of what we want from our neighbor's house, including all the things that belong under our neighbor's household. The ninth commandment calls us away from coveting our neighbor's house, while the tenth tenth commandment magnifies those things under our neighbor's household, which include a wife, servants, or we might say employees, livestock, or perhaps instruments of work, or anything else that properly belongs to your neighbor. So coveting is to simply desire what is not your own. Giving us these two commandments, our Lord instructs us that it is wrong to exclude a kind of love for the neighbor which denies him the help and service to keep what is his. As Christians, though it may be tempting to entice or even turn against your neighbor that which is wedded to him or belongs to him, you are instead urged toward a faithfulness or to urge your neighbor towards faithfulness and the joyous duty of good work which belongs to your neighbor. As we quarantine in our house, and consider all those things under our household, it is not the least bit surprising that our sinful flesh looks outward to fulfill an inward temptation, the temptation to think evil, covetous thoughts. We covet all kinds of things that our neighbor has. Even things like toilet paper and hand sanitizer hasn't been this coveted since ever. Our grocery stores lack what our neighbor has already bought, and we think to ourselves of their selfishness, which in part could be true, but the commandments overwhelmingly say, you shall not. We cannot cannot, uh, reword them to say, they shall not. If our neighbor is wrong in what they possess, be it adultery, 
or of money or of possessions, such as what the sixth and seventh commandments forbid and are alluded to in our ninth and tenth commandments. A good thought here is to not violate the ninth and tenth commandments in pursuit of keeping the rest of God's commandments concerning our neighbor. Put altogether, we must keep all the commandments ourselves and instead urge our neighbor to do the same. We cannot judge from our evil, covetous thoughts since we too are sinners. Instead, when we rebuke sin, it is from God's word alone. And our Christian duty can only go so far as to warn our neighbor of God's judgment for sin. We must be on guard as Christians to not become as the scribes which Jesus dealt with, who could not love their neighbor. They did not have the heart or mind to apply the law of the commandments to themselves, so they were left only to think evil thoughts about their neighbor. We should seek to have a mind of Christ, as St. Paul urged the Philippians. Though Christ Jesus was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Luther, in particular, makes service or servitude to the neighbor an underlining explanation concerning the ninth commandment. However, we can confess with confidence that if Jesus emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, there really is no other way that we can interpret the final commandments or even the entire second table of the law concerning our neighbor. We must serve them as our Lord served us. We are to abide in the commandments with the same mind of Christ. And that means being of service to our neighbor's house and all things properly that belong to our neighbor's household. St. Paul completes his exhortation to the Philippians concerning the servitude of Christ as our neighbor in the flesh, stating, And Christ Jesus, being found in human form, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. When we consider our passion reading on Calvary and how ultimately what was Jesus' life is given up on the cross for us, his neighbor in the flesh, then we may say that we have a clarification of all the commandments. Upon Calvary, a hill outside of Jerusalem, Jesus was crucified and thus fulfilled the wrath of God for the, for the demands of the law, which we could not keep. There Jesus bled, and there Jesus died in agonizing pain before the scrutiny of those who mocked him and rebuked him, He was truly stricken, smitten, and afflicted. Christ was a good neighbor to us. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. The law is good, but it curses those who cannot keep it. Jesus freed us lawbreakers from the curse and gave to us the promised spirit through faith. 
In fact, St. Paul writes that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So to put this in a bit of a summary, the very act of coveting reflects an anti-Christian character which is ungrateful for the possession of redemption and faith in Christ, which first came to the house of Abraham and that was then magnified to be also of the household of the Gentiles. So God gives these final commandments that we would not think too highly of those things which, which perish away. That we would not think too highly of those things which perish when what he promises is surpassingly greater. His heavenly house and we his household with all the company of heaven. Amen.